Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In Categories Chapter 8, Aristotle distinguishes four distinct types of qualities. That's the subject matter of that chapter. And the fourth type that he distinguishes, he places under the rubric at first of the figures and the forms, the schemata and the morphi, the different word that he's using there than say platonic forms, the forms of things, the shapes of things. So for example, we've got a hand right here, right? And we could say, well, it's hand shaped, but what does that mean? Well, it's got these five digits coming off of it. You know, I could lose a finger or a thumb, of course, and it would still be a hand, but we consider that to be roughly hand shaped. The tie has a distinct shape or form to it that allows you to recognize it as this sort of object, you know, we've got all this sort of thing going on. So that is something that Aristotle says we can predicate of something as, as a quality, right? And you might say, well, maybe some of this is actually of the essence or the substance of the thing, the usia, if we're thinking, for example, about a tie. And in a certain respect, you could, in certain examples, look at it that way. But in many cases, we do in in fact, predicate, we might say, shape or structure or form words of other things. And so I think if we look at some of the other examples that he uses, instead of thinking just of these very general conceptions of structure or shape or figure and, and form, that might be helpful. So he mentions several other things that fall into this subcategory, right? The category is quality, and this is a particular kind of quality. So straight Straightness and crookedness, the Greek terms elthutes and kampulotes. That actually makes a good bit of sense because we can talk about, for example, this piece of chalk being straight, right? And if it was badly formed in the factory that chalk comes from, perhaps it would be crooked or it gets to be crooked if I would draw very strangely with it, you know, because of how it wears the wear pattern. Similarly, we can talk about this tie. Right now it's straight. Now it is curved, right? Now it's back to straight again. Those sorts of terms have to do with figure and form, the way things are configured, the way things are shaped. He uses uh, some other examples in terms of geometrical figures and the words that we derive from them. So for example, triangular, quadrangular, he uses that early on in the chapter. You know, this is a cylindrical form. We might say, you, see, you can see the chalk, right? My head is roughly, well, it's not really so it's elliptical, right? Because it's longer than it is wide. Most human heads are, I think. But you get the idea, right? And quadrangular, okay, this book is something that is quadrangular. And we could describe different ways of being 
quadrangular. You know, one special one is what we call a square, right? So imagine a book that's actually a square. You don't see an awful lot of them, but we can talk in terms of, you know, the quadrangularity of the book or the quadrangularity of each of the pages within the book. Circular, similar. I also mentioned elliptical. We can go on and on and on. You know, you can add as many angles as you like, or we can talk about like, for example, a crescent moon shape, right? Or sickle shaped, right? When we talk about sickle cell anemia, we're talking about cells that are configured in a certain way. That's sort of constitutive of, of the disease anemia in that case, because oxygen transfer isn't taking place the way it's supposed to. But that, you know, talking about it as being sickle-like in form or structure is a quality that those cells, unfortunately, for the people who suffer from that malady, take on. So you see all these sorts of examples, hopefully it gets across that for Aristotle, one type of quality is the shape or the structure of things. He does actually say something that's very interesting that I think requires a bit of thinking, but he provides us with an explanation as well. So he not only tells us what's included in this type of quality, he tells us what's not included. He says, not included in this, or even in quality per se, is the rare and the dense, the rough and the smooth. Now, if you see the word rare and you're like, well, what is that? I actually had to go and look this up because, you know, I said dense and I, I know exactly what that is. You know, for example, my head's pretty dense as an object. I'm not talking metaphorically as if I'm, you know, not very bright or anything, but you know, what is the opposite of dense? Well, as it turns out, it's actually rare, not rare as an uncommon, but rare as in, you know, like, like a pumice stone, for example, or think about jello or, or something like that as compared to steel. So rare and dense and then rough and smooth. You know, the, the fabric of this book is rough. Hear that sound? My beard is rough and my shirt Eh, my shirt has a certain roughness to it, but it's, it's actually smooth. The tie is even smoother. The chalkboard is smooth. The chalk is smooth. Now, Aristotle says those are not really denoting qualities or signifying qualities. He uses the word semine in there to, to make a sign of or to, to be interpreted as or to signify. But rather, what they're signifying is the ways in which the parts are arranged in relation to each other or the position of the parts. So we might think about this as under a different category. How does that fit in? Well, you know, like the rough and the smooth, right? The smooth doesn't have protruding parts that, that catch, right? Whereas the rough does. So this is, you know, more or less smooth. Although if we looked at it with an electron microscope, it'd look like a mountain range. And then the rare and the dense, the dense is very compact, doesn't have what, it, what we call interstices, places where you can get in. And the rare, much less so. The rare is more permeable. These don't fit under this. The last thing that Aristotle says about this type of quality that's quite interesting, and you might say, I'm not sure I agree with him entirely, is that these do not admit of degrees. So Aristotle says both the, for example, the geometric figure, if we talk about circularity, for an example, a circle is a circle. One circle is not more of a circle than another circle, he says. And you might say, well, wait a second. There's no like absolutely perfect circle in nature as we find it. So maybe we can say some circles, for example, if I, if I draw some circles here, right? So this is not a very good circle, but I'll try very hard. 
hard. Not great, but you get the idea. That's more of a circle than that. Aristotle says, no, no, they're both circles. As a matter of fact, perhaps this isn't even a circle. Perhaps this is an ellipse. And this is within the range of circle, right? And he says similarly about triangularity. It's either a triangle or it's not, right? It's either quadrangular or it's not. It's either a square or it isn't a square. And likewise, he says the words that are derived from these, like circular, quadrangular, triangular, they do not admit of degrees either. We might, you know, question this in terms of straightness and crookedness, we might say that something is relatively straighter or more crooked. But if we think about what Aristotle is saying here, something really is either crooked or it's straight. You know, first we figure out, is it crooked? Is it straight? And then if it's not straight and it is crooked, then we can start asking about degrees. How crooked is it? Aristotle says that these sorts of qualities don't have degrees. And so that's his position on that. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works. <laughs>